I'm going to tell you that I almost made the decision to watch the Ohio Senate debate live because I was worried I wouldn't be able to watch a replay of it because it looked like it was only going to be on that news station's website. But then I saw they're like, you can also watch the replay on our YouTube channel. It's not on their YouTube channel right now. And I'm, I'm having a hard time finding a stream of this goddamn debate. That's why I almost took the Ohio debate first. And then uh, we were going to watch the... I swear to you, it says watch it on our watch the watch the entire debate after on our YouTube channel. It's not up yet. If that means they're gonna upload it right after it ends, then uh, maybe we'll just bullshit around for a little bit, and then we'll watch the debate here in about a half hour or so. We can do that. That's possible. I did not, however. Refill my drink. Or take a pee pee. Trying to find this goddamn debate. Um, it's eight o'clock though, so uh yeah, but like I can't go back and 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 like rewind like their live feed. That's that's the that's the issue. I it is it is not anywhere just yet, but it like it says it yeah, it was the Senate debate in Ohio. It says it will be up on their YouTube, so if that means they're uploading it. An hour-long upload is probably going to take about 20 minutes on YouTube. I know this because I did an hour-long upload right before uh, I got up on this uh, on this show here, <laughs> where I uploaded the the little debate I had with DM Productions. Was that the dude from last night? I didn't. I didn't realize that he was a a streamer of sorts until uh, afterwards. I should have. I should have took the Ohio debate live, and then we could have watched the. Uh, could have watched the uh, Stacey Abrams debate on replay. But man, that was good. Good shit over there in Georgia. Especially they had the libertarian in there. Ah, fuck you, New York Times. The whole thing was brutal, yeah. I enjoyed it. I enjoy that kind of shit. Yeah, I go to their website. I don't see any fucking video for the debate. Because it's specifically put on by one television station. Which is the reason I almost took it live. Because you go to their website. We we can't get no video for some. Watch debate live, but see, we're not live anymore. It just happened. Rewatch the entire debate on the YouTube channel after the debate is over. That is what I was going by with the channel. They ain't got no debate. All your videos. Is there a debate? Nope, there's no debate. We watched a couple of clips of it last night. And this is this is the 8 o'clock hour. I would usually be coming on. So uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do the whole countdown, but I, I want to hit the intro again just because I like it. Ooh, but the, the, the intro is the fun Halloween intro. 
The scariest part, the scariest part about this is Nancy Pelosi to me. <laughs> that is the scariest part of the intro, in my opinion. Even though Dan Crenshaw's eye hole does make an appearance. This is the Troll Patrol. Live. With Justin. Freaking. So welcome to the Troll Patrol Live. It's a freaking Monday. We just watched the Georgia gubernatorial debate. Possibly here in a little bit, we're going to watch the Ohio Senate debate. They might have cucked us on that one. <laughs> we check Facebook. Sometimes Facebook Live has that kind of thing. I'm not broadcasting on Facebook right now, unfortunately. I say unfortunately because we've had some people join us for the debates on Facebook. It just told me it couldn't broadcast to my, my page for some Senate debate in Utah. Is that going on right now? Well, you know what? That's fun. We'll do that. Can we go back in time on this? Can we go from the beginning? This is where uh, independent Evan McMullen has a chance to unseat Mike Lee. To the other. We have, uh, As the famed Nobel Prize winning economist Milton Friedman explained, in the United States of America, there's only one cause of inflation. It's excessive spending by Congress. I will continue to fight every day to rein that in. I'm we sorry, Dustin. We controlled Senate to do that. Mr. McMullen. Well, look, I, I think maybe this is something that Senator Lee and I agree on, at least in part. I also agree that the Biden administration of guilty of, is guilty of reckless spending. They were warned by both Democratic and Republican economists not to pass the, not to put in place the $1.9 trillion spending package during the pandemic that has contributed heavily to inflation in our country. Senator Lee, I'm glad you've stood up to that, at least in rhetoric. But the reality is we need to, we need to represent people, we need to send people to Washington who are willing to stand up both to Republicans and Democrats in the White House who are guilty of reckless spending because the, the administration before Joe Biden, Donald Trump's, was guilty of the same. And, and frankly, no, I'm, I'm Senator, I'm not quite finished. Yes, yes, it's During their bona fides the with US their base. Senate, when you were elected, the, the U.S. debt was about 12 or $13 trillion, Senator Lee. Now it's almost triple that. It's well over $31 trillion. I think our difference is in approach. I know that the only time we've ever gotten our fiscal house in order is when Republicans and Democrats have worked together. Senator Lee refuses to do that, and those are his broken politics. Senator Lee, a quick 30-second rebuttal. So this is an important race because independent Evan McMullen may take out a Republican in Mike Lee. I've been a bootlicker for either party is folly, and it's contradicted by the plain... You are a bootlicker. Look, no member of the Republican Senate conference voted independently during the Trump administration than I did. Only two senators, Susan Collins and Rand Paul, voted less with President Trump than I did. I have stood against my party time and time again to oppose reckless spending. I will do it again and again and again. We need people to say no, because when Washington only wants to spend money, they're spending it at your expense. They're making you less powerful. They're making you more poor. That must stop. We want to get to a specific issue that has been submitted to the debate commission, wanting us to talk more about the federal government and its ruling in the case West Virginia versus EPA. The Supreme Court said that the EPA didn't have the authority to enforce coal emissions and that the authority should come from a law yet to be created in Congress. Do you think this is the most effective system of government? And can Congress take on this task? And should they take on this task and pass even more very specific and granular laws? And we go to Mr. McMullen for this. 
Well, look, I, I do think there's a there's a role for the federal government in helping ensure that we have clean air and, and sufficient water. I certainly think that's true, but our solutions are going to come more at the federal level or at the at the state level. You know, there's no way for Washington to tell us totally how we can keep our air clean and, and ensure that we have sufficient water. There is a role for the federal government to play, certainly, but there's an important role for the states as well. And I think, uh, I think it's important that the federal government support state efforts rather than dictate to them what those efforts should be. You guys keep talking. I'm going to start selling motherfucking magic undies on the freak the store. comment just made uh, by my opponent. Um, states can do better. We know our topography, our demographics, our geography, our specific needs better than any bureaucrat in Washington ever could. As to West Virginia versus EPA, the Supreme Court emphatically got that case right. Look, what Congress has been passing as legislation for decades, sadly under the leadership of uh, Republican and Democratic Congresses and White Houses alike, has been platitudes more than laws. In many instances, they'll pass a law that will say we shall have good law in the area of clean air, and we hereby delegate to the EPA the power to decide what clean air is and to punish polluters. In well, West yeah. Virginia versus EPA, the Supreme Court said, look, EPA has exercised that authority so broadly so as to shut down certain sources of electric power in this country. Congress cannot possibly be deemed to have voluntarily uh, handed that authority over to EPA. This is the tip of the iceberg of what needs to change. The very first clause... Talking about crotchless undies in my chat. You live in sexual anarchy. Here and granted shall be vested in a Congress of the United States. That power has been handed over, lock, stock, and barrel, to unelected, unaccountable bureaucrats. This is why we need a Republican Congress to enact the Reins Act. That See how seriously you take Mike Lee. And away from the unelected, unaccountable bureaucrats. We appreciate your responses, and I'm not seeing the need for a, a rebuttal on that one. In all of my experience with debates and in talking with the folks from the Utah Debate Commission, they too have never seen anything quite like this, where so many people have contacted us as a commission, me as the moderator, them as individuals, asking a series of questions that they feel they deserve very straight, specific answers to. We've broken it down to four things, and hopefully we can address this. Don't play in Utah. In the first part of this, we've broken it into four questions. But this one is a very basic one that will go to the senator. Did Joe Biden fairly, that's the important word, did Joe Biden fairly win the 2020 presidential election? Senator Lee. Yes, Joe Biden is our president. He was chosen in the only election that matters, the election held by the Electoral College. It was on that basis that I voted to certify the election results. The Electoral College cast its vote. Joe Biden won that. Now, as some to squirmy ways of uh, signaling to their uh, base, some states uh, might have conducted their elections better than a others. Big lie. There's always room for debate and questions about that. Some people express concerns about the number of states using universal mail-in balloting for the first time in 2020. Unlike Utah, they hadn't tested it out. In Utah, we've got these signature verification protocols. We've got elaborate procedures for going through the voter registration rules to make sure that the wrong people, people who have died or moved out of state, uh, aren't voting. Uh, in other states, there were open questions about that, about ballot harvesting and things like that. But ultimately, what matters is the Electoral College, and the Electoral College won. I would add here, it's absolutely essential that the authority to conduct elections remain in state hands, never consolidated in federal hands where the risk of corruption is great. On this, my opponent and I disagree. My opponent has expressed support for legislation backed by the Democrats called S-1. S-1 would consolidate excessive authority over elections in the federal government. It would do so, moreover, in a way that would virtually cobble the states in their ability to enact voter security measures like voter ID. This is a bad step. We should shun it like the plague. Mr. McMullen. Why does this debate look well, like it took place in 1970? We protect voters' rights and that we protect the, the peaceful transfer of power, Senator Lee. But for you to talk about the importance of the, the Electoral College, I think, is rich. I think you, you know exactly how important it is. And I think you knew how important it was when you sought to urge the White House that had lost an election to find fake electors to overturn the will of the people. 
Senator Lee, that was the most egregious. He keeps walking away from the podium. Of our nation's constitution in its history by a U.S. senator, I believe, and it will be your legacy. Senator Lee is still casting doubt. Please. Look, I. Sen Ladies and gentlemen, you just took about seven or eight minutes away from the candidates. We're here to hear them. Senator Seven Lee, or eight minutes, really? ...advised spurious so-called legal efforts to mislead tens of millions of Americans that the election had been stolen. And congratulations. It ain't succeeded. normal anymore, Scott Comet. ...this year, and even tonight, you're still casting doubt on the legitimacy of the election. No, you're, doing a tr you're doing a tremendous disservice to this country, Senator Lee. You have betrayed your oath to the Constitution with this. It is a t and, and for this state, Utah, that was thinking he meant seconds too. Like my ancestors and yours who sacrificed greatly to finally realize true freedom for you to represent this state and to cast away, to abandon, to throw away 14 generations of American leadership, I think is a travesty. Senator Lee, a 30 second rebuttal. Evan, that's not true. You know, that's not true. You, it sir, is. owe me an apology. Listen. In the days leading up to January 6th, when the votes were going to be open and counted, I had a job to do. There were rumors circulating, suggesting that some states were considering switching out their slates of electors. If that were true, I would need to know about it. I did research on that. I made phone calls to figure out whether the rumors were true. The rumors were We're false. hopefully going to watch it after on this. Basis, I voted to certify the results of the election. Senator Lee, thank you. Thank you. There are other aspects of this, but again, please, I would ask our audience, you know, so far about 15 or 20 seconds have been taken from what our listening audience, our viewing audience, and people want to hear from the candidates. Please, we asked you, invited you nicely. <laughs> Admonished the crowd again. We could hear from the candidates themselves. I do want to, I, I'm going to, I'm going to put a, several of these aside because we're already running a little bit behind time. But I want to ask this question. How do you characterize the events that happened on January 6th at the U.S. Capitol? And we'll start with Evan McMullen on this one. It was a violent insurrection with the intention of overturning the American Republic. You know, I, I think about my ancestors again who fought in the Revolutionary War, Senator Lee, and who fled religious persecution on the East Coast and trekked across the plains and the Rockies to achieve freedom here. I think about the men and women who I served with in the CIA who left the warmth of their homes and the love of their families to risk their lives not knowing if they would ever come home in order to stop terrorists who were intent on destroying freedom in America. I think about all the men and women, the 14 generations of Americans who have sacrificed for this grand experiment in freedom. They trusted you. We trusted you. And with that trust and with your knowledge of the Constitution, Senator Lee, you sought to find a weakness in our system. You advised the White House, find an alternative slate of electors for Trump to overturn the will of the people. That's what you said. You said that, that the president should listen to legal quack Sidney Powell. Please make time for her. Let her in, you told the White House chief of staff. You told the president you that you were working stupid? overtime, 14 hours a day, I think you said, to unravel this for him, to keep a president who had been voted out of office according to the will of the people in power despite the will of the people. Senator Lee, it is a betrayal of the American Republic. You were there to stand up for our, converse, for our Constitution. But when the barbarians were at the gate, you were happy this to This is Utah. Them. He is not a Democrat. He is an Next, independent. And we will give you an additional 11 seconds. And he stands a chance in this race. I think I disagree with everything my opponent just said, including the words but, and, and the. Uh, it was... An information-free, truth-free statement uh, that's uh, something of a record. Look, um, I, th there is absolutely nothing to the idea uh, that I would have ever supported, ever, ever did support the fake electors plot. Nothing. There's not a scintilla of evidence suggesting that. And yet you continue to insist Bullshit. on a cavalier, reckless disregard for the truth. This is sad. This is troubling. It's also entirely consistent with your adopted political party.
You have sought for, actively courted, and obtained the endorsement of the Democratic Party. You've raised millions of dollars from Act Blue, uh, the uh, database on which far-left, progressive, socialist, democratic donors can be found. And then you have, in the last quarter alone, spent $1.6 million feeding the Democratic industrial complex. So it's not surprising to me that you would come here today and spout not only lies, but lies that are specific to the leftist cause, lies, lies that are specific to the Democratic Party, and lies that certainly are not applicable to me. Yes, there were people who behaved very badly on that day. I was not one of them. I was one of the people trying to dismantle this situation, trying to stop it from happening, because I believe in this document written by the hands of wise men raised up by God to that very purpose. I followed it. I studied it. <laughs> And I defended it to a team. We'll have 30 seconds here in a moment. For you to suggest otherwise looks right in the face of truth and in the face of the Constitution. How dare you, sir? Mr. McMullen, you have 30 seconds. For How dare you, Senator sir? He's been doing this thing with his pocket Constitution for the last several years. Senator Lee, it is not a prop. It is not a prop. I guess they allow props on this one, yeah. Literally, the Constitution is not a prop for you to wave about, and then when it's convenient for your pursuit of power, to abandon without a thought. That's what you've done with that, okay? If you're committed to the Constitution, then stand up for our free and fair elections. Stand up for the peaceful transfer of power. You did so. You voted to certify the election in the last moment, in the same way that someone knows of you know, uh, a, a plot that isn't quite working out ought to abandon it. That's what you did. But look, Senator Lee is retreating to a safe space. Again, these are his broken politics of right versus left, Republicans versus Democrats. Senator Lee, you know I'm not a Democrat, but you're not worried about that. You're worried about the fact that I'm an independent and that I'm building a cross-partisan coalition of Republicans, Democrats, and independents and members of third parties to replace you and to stand up to your broken politics and those of the party bosses and special interests who line your pockets. That's what I'm doing, and I know it frightens you, because if you can keep us divided, then that's how you hold on to power. You're used to that. But we're building a cross-partisan coalition to replace you, Senator Lee, and it must be done. Okay, Senator Lee, we're going to give you a 30-second rebuttal to that. I, I wasn't going to call that, but I, I think we should in this case. This is not a prop, and I don't carry it as a prop. This is a reference manual. I carry it with me next to my heart because I refer to it daily, constantly. You'd be surprised at how often it comes in handy to have it right there. My colleagues have come to depend on it because they know I've always got one. The words matter. I've followed the words. You distort the truth, and you should be ashamed. I mentioned that uh, students here at Utah Valley University were going to be participating in tonight's debate, and we're very pleased now to go to UVU student McKenna Briggs for the next question. Hi, my name is McKenna Briggs. Um, I'm an intern with Governor Herbert's Institute for Public Policy, and I'm majoring in political science. My question for you is you've both expressed opposition to President Biden's student loan forgiveness executive order. What solutions do you have um, for the student loan crisis? And this goes to Senator Lee first. First and best thing that the federal government could do with regard to student loans is get out of the student loan business. It has no business there. Look, um, we have to remember how this came about, how it originated. The only reason we got in to the student loan business is because enterprising Democrats during the debates leading up to the passage of Obamacare wanted to pay for it. They wanted a funding mechanism. They wanted a way for the federal government to borrow money at a lower interest rate, loan it back out at a higher interest rate, milking American students all over the country and pocketing the difference to fund Obamacare. This was wrong. Not entirely it's also true. wrong to put that much power in the federal government, in the executive branch of Not government, entirely false either. in the president himself. So the way we deal with that is put it back in the private sector, leave the federal government out of it, and for heaven's sakes, we must never again pass legislation that can even be read as giving the president such sweeping power. He was wrong here. This statute doesn't give him that power. The fact that he can even make a, a colorable claim to that effect is itself disgraceful. Mr. McMullen. Look, I, 
I think also that, that the federal government has played a, a, a tragic role in elevating the prices of, of higher education. It shouldn't cost as much as it is. It's now out of reach of many Americans, and I fear even middle-class Americans as well. It's far too expensive. I don't agree with, with Senator Lee that the federal government should be entirely out of that, but it has to be more careful. This fed, the federal government has played a role in inflating higher education costs. And, and I'm concerned that Joe Biden's decision here has also contributed to inflation or will contribute to inflation. I believe that we should have debt forgiveness programs for those in public service, like teachers and police officers and those in the military and, and in other roles serving the country. But it should have been a more narrowly focused program, and he should work with Congress in order to design it and implement it. That is what I think is required. But we have got to reform our system for financing higher education, and it does mean lessening the federal government's role. I still think the federal, federal government does have a role to play, especially for, for low-income students or for people who otherwise wouldn't be, wouldn't be able to afford higher education. But it has contributed to inflation of the worst kind in higher education, and we have to reform that to bring prices down. Thank you for your two responses. And we mentioned that we have uh, invited social media participants to send us their questions and thoughts. And this one from social media. To Since they brought up the, the issue, I just want to drop this in the chat. Security, this is the application, which Medicare, is now open, to go apply for your student debt relief. Well, well both I, of these guys. I believe that Social Security and Medicare are important uh, uh, elements of our social fabric in America. Uh, yeah, I'll work with anybody who wants to ensure our seniors' future. Uh, I think the biggest challenge right now is our fiscal irresponsibility as a country. And I, again, I'm talking about both parties. Both parties are guilty of fiscal responsibility. And only when both parties work together can we get our fiscal house in order. Uh, but, you know, uh, entering unnecessary wars has, has uh, weakened our fiscal system. I have not applied. I need to get uh, on it. Failing to stand up to special interest groups in our health care system that make us pay more for, for uh, prescription drugs and for other uh, types of health care than almost anyone else in the world. Spending too much on dated weapon systems from decades ago because we're not willing to stand up to special interest groups on that front. We should be spending more wisely. All of that recklessness is putting Social Security and Medicare at risk. I will not balance our budget on the backs of seniors. Senator Lee. I agree. We, we have to honor the promises made to America's seniors who have paid into these programs for decades. We can't walk away from that. Now, look, we have seen the peril in putting this power in the federal government, which is why I've long supported the concept of uh, allowing people over time, perhaps people in their 20s or 30s, to designate their Social Security, their Medicare money to go into something that they control. The reason I say this is that look at what, what's happened over time. I've had to object on countless occasions, including once at two or three in the morning, when Congress, in the middle of the night, under color of darkness, raided the Social Security Trust Fund in order to pay for reckless runaway spending. Tragically, this was Republicans and Democrats alike. So yes, we need to honor those things. And we also need to reform them to make it more difficult for Congress to raid seniors' money. Thank you to both of you, and we have now reached a point in the evening. We're at the halfway point of the We've Senate reached day. a point, indeed. Incumbent, incumbent Mike Lee and independent challenger. We've reached a point. I'm not high enough for this year. KSL Radio and Television. And again, as we already have, we're still taking your questions during this live broadcast, and you can use the hashtag UTDebates on social media. And let's get back to the issues. Let me ask this question, and then we're going to go to one of our students again here at Utah Valley University. Let's talk about inflation. It's an issue that is front and forward for everybody in the country, but here in the state of Utah, who do you feel bears most of the responsibility? Well, do the hoagie pogey and turn yourself around then. Is it the federal government, or is it large business, big corporations? And we That's start with one. Senator Lee this time. In the late 1970s, the last time we saw a major raft of inflation, uh, similar questions were asked to Milton Friedman, the aforementioned Nobel Prize-winning economist. He, uh, he was asked, you know, is it speculative investing? Is it trade unions? Uh, is it international trade? What is it? And he said, in the United States of America, inflation has but one cause. It is federal spending, reckless, excessive federal spending. 
So it, it is Congress. It's Congress that's spent way Do too not much let anyone fool you. It's the inability to tax rich people. Leading opponent of that excessive spending. They've ratcheted it up to a whole new level. We thought it was too much cowbell before. They gave it 10 times the cowbell. As soon as the Democrats obtained dual control of the houses of Congress and the White House at the same time, they said yes to everything Joe Biden asked for. Cowbell? We brought in record-breaking revenue to the federal government last year. Over $4 trillion, more oh, revenue yeah. than we've ever brought in in the past. More revenue than just a few years ago, the federal government spent in a whole year. And I'm talking Social Security to defense and everything in between. The problem is, while we brought I in... I think he said cowbell. We spent nearly seven. This happened because Joe Biden had a, a dual backstop in Congress. What we need now more than ever is a Republican-controlled Senate. If you want that... And to bring inflation under control. That's an interesting position. Mr. McMullen. To get up here and say we don't need more cowbell. Uh, where was Senator Lee when, when President Trump was spending recklessly during an expansionary period? Senator Lee will say that he was voting no. But I'll tell you what, it didn't work. We still added to the debt during that time. We're adding more now and on and on and on. The job of a senator, especially representing our state, has to be to stand up to leaders of both parties, to Joe Biden and to Donald Trump. That's what's required, Senator Lee, because both parties are spending recklessly. And you vote no. And, and let me say, Senator, I think it's right that a senator should be willing to stand even alone and vote no. And you're very good at that. But you know what? It can't be the only thing you do. That's not the job of the senator. The job of a senator... It does seem that Mike Lee's official position is less cowbell. The Republican Party's official position is less cowbell. That alone disqualifies Now, Senator Romney, they worked and work together across party lines to solve problems, Senator Lee. They don't only vote no. They're at the table negotiating a better deal for Utah and our country, and I'm committed to doing that on our spending and on every other issue. Senator Lee, you've asked for a rebuttal. I'll join you. Yeah, we've long had a problem where we've had at least 50 Democrats, all 50 Democrats, willing to vote for any amount of spending. And tragically, you've typically had at least 10 Republicans willing to cross party lines to vote for the Democrats' spending priorities. Look, I, I call that President Trump all the time. I voted less with President Trump than anyone else other than Rand Paul and Susan Collins. In fact, I call that President Trump uh, about spending bills specifically, including one time when he called me on my airplane coming back to Utah, and I told him it was a huge mistake. I called him out in public and in private, on a train in the rain with a fox in, in a box, every time I got the chance. There we go. Okay, he pulled the Dr. Seuss now. That's coming to us from social media, and we're very pleased to. I do not like Mike Lee in Utah. I do not like him. In America are out of control. A, a, what a would you saw. do to make them more? <laughs> I, I fucked that one up. I'm we sorry, Mr. McMullen. Yeah. Well, look, we. I feel embarrassment with that. Taxpayer to fully negotiate on prescription drugs as a part of a free market. And right now, that's not what we have. We pay more for prescription drugs in our country than almost anyone on earth. And it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. You know, my opponent, Senator Lee, who's taken over $4 million from special interest groups during his time in the Senate. Yes, we count, Senator Lee. We've counted it up. It's well over $4 million. A lot of that coming from special interest groups in, the, in big pharma who are paying you and putting money in your pockets. <laughs> Senator Lee, you consistently vote against and introduce bills that prevent the taxpayer Garçon. from freely negotiating in a market. Garçon means boy. Costs. And you're so proud of your work on that. But all it does is make big pharma companies, it allows them to charge Americans far more than they should. Do you think it's right that we pay more for prescription drugs here in America than almost any other people in any other country? Is that right? I wonder if you'd be so proud and if you'd have that same smirk if a woman named Ann, who I met on the campaign trail were here, she pays more for life-saving prescription drugs for her child than she does for her mortgage every month. And Senator Lee, she reached out to your office pleading for help. And in response, she received a dismissive form letter. I wonder, if you'd still, to, I wonder if you'd still here. be smirking if she were here today, We're Senator Lee. We're over 30 seconds, and we'll make that time good on your side, Senator Lee. Oh, yeah, he's a Weasley bastard.
Competition lowers prices and it brings up quality. What we need is competition. That's why I've long supported. Insurance is cheaper when everyone's in the pool because it disperses risk on how insurance works. With regulatory systems that we can trust. Now, I'm with Bernie Sanders on this one, feeling the burn. Uh, drives the drug companies absolutely so Medicare for all. But I support it because it's free market, and it's free market in a way that would bring about more competition and lower prices. What my opponent has just suggested to you as freely negotiating is code. It's democratic code, democratic code for price controls. He supports price controls as recently enacted into the Orwellian named Inflation Reduction Act, which does nothing of the sort. What we know about price controls is that they shift well, around. Price controls are in the Inflation Reduction Act. Increases, but they leave people with fewer options, less viable medical care. That is the last thing we need in the United States of America. Thank you, gentlemen, for your responses. And we mentioned just a moment ago we have a student on deck with us. Oh, okay. From Univers uh, Utah State University student. Good. Good evening. Good evening to both of you. My Hell of a haircut, kid. Policy. Um, looking looking in sharp. Of recent events, the possibility of war seems to be the most likely it's ever been for most college students. Russia, China, North Korea, and Iran have become increasingly aggressive and bold militarily. Perhaps How will nuclear you approach war. foreign policy in the Senate to ensure the United States remains internationally dominant in times of both peace and war? If I could jump in here as we throw it to Senator We have Lee been first. at war for the last the 22 years. Minute, uh, for the remainder. 21 years. So we can hopefully get into some other issues. So, Senator Lee. Yeah, lots to cover in a, in a minute. There are things we have to do right away. First is invest in hard power. We need to increase the size of our naval fleet. We need to invest in systems uh, like the updated, modernized international ballistic missile system. Um, uh, we've got to do those things immediately as far as the soft power side of things go. We need robust bilateral trade agreements with other countries in Asia to offset China. And we could do that if we continue to work with the other Quad countries, including and especially India and, and of course, Australia and Japan. If we had more of that free trade, China would be less belligerent. We also need a Republican offset to a president who's not all there. I feel like the U.S. is more belligerent than China. Voted. A president who has been saber-rattling and speaking of Armageddon under circumstances that are deeply troubling to all of us. And Mr. See, we heard that dude last well, night on the phone I, I say that as well. I have, have had times of frustration over the last several years in the options being provided to us at the presidential level by both parties. In 2016, as you recall, you voted for me out of that frustration when you stood on principle, as you should have. Yeah. So, so look, I, I think that you know, we have to strengthen our relations with, with other free nations. I agree that trade is absolutely critically important, especially on the Pacific Rim side. We need to invest in advanced technologies. We need to do all of these things. So Senator Lee and I have some agreement, at least based on your comments tonight, on these things. But I'll, I'll tell you what is also important. Well, China doesn't bomb the shit out of countries. China goes in and builds infrastructure and then like, spies on you through that infrastructure they build. It's, it's more nefarious. Only member of Utah's congressional delegation, not he already knows where I'm going, not to be blacklist, blacklisted by Vladimir Putin. It's just an incredible distinction. But you know, there's there's a reason why. It's because in 2017, Senator Lee was one of only two senators to vote against sanctioning Putin's regime. Then in 2019, he went to Russia alone and discussed lifting sanctions with him. He has voted repeatedly against supporting Ukraine. He has. He has. Hey, Mr. McMullen, we are. Out I could of go time. on and on. We are out of time. And Senator We've got Lee, to stand you've up asked for a dictators. rebuttal. Instead of 30 seconds, we'll give you 45 seconds. I voted against the sanction bill because it was cobbled together in a piece of legislation with some progressive ideology. Perhaps you're okay with that. I was not. I voted against it. As far as going to Russia, yeah, I went to Russia at the invitation of my friend, mentor, and former boss, John Huntsman, who was then the U.S. ambassador to Russia. I did so because I needed to stand up for religious freedom. I forgot all about John Huntsman. Americans imprisoned for their religious beliefs in Russia, and I found this unacceptable. That's why I went there. As to why they haven't blacklisted me, 
I don't know. I'd love to be blacklisted there. I've been banned for life from China. I hope Russia will ban me next. But for you to suggest, as you have repeatedly, that I'm some sort of fan of Vladimir Putin, is absolutely false and disgraceful. Okay, let's move on to another question. Please, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for making that brief so we can move on. How are both of you thinking about the legal question that arises from the Dobbs decision from the Supreme Court where different states now can and will have different laws on how to handle abortion? And I believe we're starting with... uh, How's McMullen going to answer this? I'm waiting for the magic voice in my ear, and apparently they have abandoned me. So let's start with Mr. McMullen. <laughs> well, well, look, now, now that states are, are making decisions on this issue, uh, I, I think that it's absolutely under the bus. important that, that we find a constructive way forward on the issue. I'm pro-life, and I've always believed in the sanctity of life. And I oppose the extremes on both sides of this issue, those that would... That those in, who are in favor of, of late-term ab- abortions on demand or those who would ban abortions without exceptions. I think that's wrong. This issue is dividing our country unnecessarily. It doesn't have to be this way. There is a more constructive way forward. It's making contraception more available, doing more to support women, children, and families, and imparting the right values to our youth. That's what we can do to, to lower the abortion rate in America. Some of these bills that I see being passed around the country are extreme, like this idea that we would force a 10-year-old rape victim to carry a pregnancy to term. That's wrong. And my opponent has defended these bills. And I think you have, Senator, you have. I watched the tape myself. Senator Lee, you have defended these bills. I watched the tape this morning, you defending the Texas bill, for example. Okay, we'll have Senator Lee respond to this point. As a pro-life American who loves the Constitution deeply, I'm thrilled with the Dobbs decision. Roe versus Wade was a legal fiction cut out of a whole cloth from the imagination of a few Supreme Court justices. I'm glad it's been overturned. And this authority has finally been returned to the states where it belongs. I respect the fact that you used to be of the same agreement. You used to agree with me that Roe versus Wade was really wrong. You went on MSNBC a few months ago and said you defended it, and you opposed efforts to undo it. You also derided as extreme Utahns and Utah for having a law that strongly protects unborn human life. As far as where we go from here, now that it's been returned to the states where it belongs, I believe that is where it belongs. And with a small handful of exceptions dealing with federal funding, this is ought to be where that should, this is where it should remain because it's within the states where we can achieve the most consensus and protect the most babies. Let love lift us up where we belong. Glenn Mills for our next question. Glenn? Gentlemen, as we speak, the fate of thousands of dreamers across the country lies in the balance as DACA makes its way through the court system. In the meantime, advocates are calling on Congress to act. My question is, do you support a permanent solution And if so, what needs to be included or perhaps even excluded from the legislation for you to be able to vote for it? Senator Lee, you go first on this one. Yeah. With DACA beneficiaries, I don't don't think any member of Congress of either party disagrees. We have to do something. Uh, There are a lot of people who have been brought here as children, sometimes as infants, uh, by no choice of their own, by their parents. In many instances, these individuals don't even know the language of their home country, let alone know anyone there. So I I don't know anyone in Congress who believes that they should be uh, systematically, categorically, uniformly deported. It's not physically possible, and it would seem inhumane and unlike us as uh, Americans. Uh, What I do believe is that in order for us to get to a solution that we have, we first have to secure the border. We were close. We were to the point where we could have gotten this done. This has long been a conditioned precedent, a bright line for me and so many others. We have control of the border. We can figure out how to deal with those in this status. At the end of the last administration, the border was secure for the first time in in my lifetime as an adult. President Biden, the president for whom my opponent voted, opened up the doors. And we've had millions of illegal immigrants flowing into the country ever since then, bringing in fentanyl, opening the door for human trafficking. This is disgraceful, and it's got to be overcome before we can come up with a permanent solution. Mr. McMullen, we'll give you 15 additional seconds. 
Yeah, thank you. Well, uh, let me just say, I don't think you answered the question, Mike, whether you would support citizenship. For yeah, dreams. Mike. I'll, I'll say very clearly, I, I would. I would. And the reason I would is because these people have been brought to America as children by their parents, perhaps others, through no fault of their own. The idea that he would even leave the door open to any deportation of them, I think, is cruel, Glenn. And I oppose it. It is. Yes, where, where do you want to send them home? This is their home, Senator Lee. Not but at all I, what I but, said, Evan. Not at all. You, would, you, would you oppose deportation of any dreamers in the United States living right. lawfully here, living law-abiding lives otherwise? It. You've got 36 seconds left, I suggest okay. you use yeah, it. Th thanks, Senator Lee. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. I also agree that we need to secure the border. That's important. You know, it, we can't have a, 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 an effective immigration system if we're not a nation of laws. And I do believe we need to secure our border and make a lot of other reforms to our immigration system. Immigrants are a tremendous source of strength for our country. They have made our country prosperous. In the CIA, when I served abroad, I served with many officers who had immigrated to America, and they made us stronger. I think they are a great service. To, they, they are a great source of strength for the country. Um, but I do need, believe we need to enforce our laws and secure the border. But dreamers should be given citizenship. Thank you for your responses, gentlemen. And I'd like to go to a question that has a very, very big impact on the state of Utah, but obviously it affects the entire country and elsewhere in the world. Every Utah, when we look at a map, we can easily find our state by spotting the Great Salt Lake. The lake is part of who we are, and it's in terrible shape as a historic drought that has been going on and on. And the now recorded level of the lake is at the lowest level in recorded history. What will you do to help the Great Salt Lake survive? This is something that, yes, we have a lot to do in the state of Utah, but it's going to take some help and some coordination from Washington as well. Mr. McMullen. Absolutely. Well, this is as much an environmental issue as, is, as it is an economic issue, as, as it is a health issue. We have got to save the Great Salt Lake. Look, if elected, I am committed to ensuring that we have the resources. You know, we pay, we send billions of dollars every year as Utahns to the federal government, and we need some of that money back to strengthen our water infrastructure. We've also got to improve our conservation practices. It's both of those things. Unfortunately, my opponent routinely votes against bills that would improve water infrastructure. He did it this year. He did it in the year before. Meanwhile, Senator Romney has worked hard and consistently over the past three years. I think it's important. <laughs> Somebody just laugh at that? Senator Lee to deliver for Utah. And he voted in favor of the bipartisan infrastructure bill that you voted against. And now tens of millions of dollars have already been directed to Utah to strengthen our water infrastructure. You voted against that. You voted against the Safe Water Drinking Act in the year before that. You were one of only two senators to do so. Meanwhile, our state is in the middle of a, of a severe drought. We need leaders who are going to work across party lines to solve problems and ensure that we have what we need to strengthen our water infrastructure and conservation practices. Senator Lee, you have an additional 15 seconds. I agree that water storage infrastructure is an important part of this puzzle. When rain stops falling at the rate it usually uh, has fallen in the past, we have to deal with it. We can't just legislate more water, and so sometimes we need to transport water from one part of the state to the other. I've repeatedly, emphatically, strongly and boldly stood up for the need for more water storage infrastructure. Yeah, I voted against that bill, a bill that spent uh, well over a trillion dollars, more than we had, uh, on all sorts of things that were not appropriately federal. This one was. Two-thirds of our land is federal. Uh, but it's not just the money that we need. It's also the studies that we need. Congressman Moore has introduced legislation calling for studies so that we can understand why this is happening. But more than anything, we need permitting reform. The need to build water storage infrastructure is often thwarted and slowed, sometimes by decades, by NEPA and other permitting restrictions that can delay these projects for decades at a time. I've introduced a bill called the Unshackle Act, along with a a plethora of, of other proposals that would streamline federal permitting. It's the single best thing that we can do to help the Great Salt Lake and the rest of our state along with it. We have standing on deck now from the Salt Lake Tribune, the political editor, Jeff Barrett. Jeff? 
Good Fun evening, gentlemen. motherfuckers. Utahns have seen your commercials. We certainly saw the signs on the way in. Some of these ads have been paid for by your campaigns. A professional fluffer. Political action committees not directly affiliated with either of you. sexual anarchy. While campaigns can't legally coordinate their messaging with PACs, candidates are not stopped from speaking out against ads that they didn't endorse. Are there any outside PAC ads that were published on your behalf that didn't share your values? Senator Lee, you're first on this one, and we are going to ask you to stick right on the clock. We're getting close to the end of the program. We want time for your closing statements. I want to make clear, my TV ads don't talk about my opponent. My TV ads have mentioned my opponent only once a couple months ago. We referred correctly to the fact that he voted for Joe Biden. Other than that, it's been about me. You see, I mean, uh, did you see the choices? Something that you say shouldn't matter. You say you want to put country over party. I respect that. Parties on, are man. important proxy. They're an important proxy for ideas. You see, because it's ideas more than parties that tell the people how you will vote. You owe it to them. You, Evan, have refused to talk about ideas. Refused to talk about which party you join. You You've little Evan, you. Ideas. Instead, you're asking the people to put faith, blind trust in you. It's your judgment. That is not how we lead to a good policy outcome. And so for that reason, I, I talk about my ideas in my ads. I would suggest that you do the same. As for outside groups, they don't use the same messaging I use. You can tell what messaging I think is best by what I use. Yours are attack hits. Hit pieces, every single one of them. Your time now, Mr. McMullen. First of all, that's just not true, Senator Lee. Not all of our ads uh, point out distinctions between us. But, but Sen Sen Senator Lee, the question, was, the question was, did you oppose any of the attack ads by outside groups on your side? Now, one of the groups a far-right special interest group that you're quite beholden to, ran, yeah, that's true, Senator Lee, ran an ad that doctored an interview of mine in order to make it seem as though I said something that I didn't. And Senator Lee, why can't you condemn that? Do you need the lies? Look, we've got to protect voters' access to truth. We've got to... Tell me lies, and, and tell me sweet little on, on my side that have been supporting me, have, I think, been quite fair, Senator Lee. They've talked about your votes. Those are a matter of public records, and those have been quite fair. I'm running as an independent because our, our politics are broken. Senator Lee wants you to think party, party, party. Your party owns your vote. That it's all about... Party all the time, party all the time. I reject that. We need, I need to quit if singing. If prevail, it will make Utah the most influential state in the union. From Lee, we're getting very little. It's very, very important that we have plenty of time for the... Uh, closing comments, which we have promised to each candidate. We are on television, so it's very, very close. We've got to hit Senator Lee is a thirsty so, boy. Mullen, you have the first opportunity by the random choice. Well, thank you very much, and thank you all who have joined us in person and, and via television. Look, again, I'll say our politics in America are broken. Party bosses of both sides have far too much influence. Special interest groups who have given Senator Lee over $4 million during his time in the Senate by the people we elect, and they remain accountable to them, not us. The extremes in our politics have far too much influence in the Republican and Democratic parties, and that is not the Utah way. They don't represent most of us. Our politics are broken. The Utah to the way is slapping your sister wife. Risk. Most of us know that our country, it feels as though we're, we're coming apart now because of the broken politics you hear from my opponent. If we prevail in this race, it will... Because the man wouldn't have a sister wife. The, one the of the wives would have a sister wife. I'm we'll fucked the Senate I'm sorry. Without Utah's I'm just support. not on top of my game tonight. That with that influence, we will do a tremendous good, not only for ourselves, but for the country. Thank you, Mr. McMullen. And Senator Lee. If this were an ordinary year, if we weren't staring right down the barrel of a deep and dark economic recession, if we weren't seeing reckless federal spending causing us to careen into a situation where we're seeing spikes in inflation, uh, spikes in interest, I knew a careen one time. And spikes in the price of gas. She was a nice if we lady. weren't seeing our adversaries around the world saber-rattling with nuclear weapons and a president speaking of Armageddon, perhaps, perhaps in that moment, Seriously, this is like the, the third uh, time that's come up, and like I just don't feel like that movie was good enough to keep Democratic bringing it up. Party. Might make for interesting dinner table conversation, but this is not an ordinary year. Look, you know who I am. You know what I fight for. I fight for religious freedom. 
I fight for personal liberty and did so during COVID. Cry. I fight and will continue to fight for criminal justice reform, and I'm leading the effort on bipartisan reform to make sure that we don't ever go to war without Congress approving it. Our I love our country and our state, and I humbly ask for your vote. Our thanks to Senator Mike Lee, please. He's popular with that crowd, clearly. And Evan McMullen for participating tonight and for your uh, desires to serve in public office. Election Day is Tuesday, November 8th. I, there's still like four, three minutes to go in this in this hour. You did not use every second you had at your disposal, sir. your vote count during this election cycle. This debate and others from this and previous years are available online at Utah Debate commission.org. We appreciate the panelists and their contributions and those who submitted questions in advance or used social media tonight to add their input. We also what the fuck are you talking about? Many broadcasters who have aired tonight's debate. Thank you so much for joining us tonight and now your applause. Now you can clap, bitches. <laughs> Uh, so, um, still waiting on this news channel to upload the debate because they're the ones that did it. And they, they ain't done it yet. Uh, has Tim Pool been making videos about a red wave? Is that going on? That would make sense. God, the dude that called in last night. <laughs> Man, I can't. I put that clip up on YouTube right before we came on. I, I, I like the I like the thumbnail I made for it. I tried I tried to you know highlight all the different things that we 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 discussed. You got Dinesh D'Souza. His mug shot. You got an exploding Tesla. You got a mushroom cloud back here. My right wingers are morons in the background. Here's a pipeline. I put his logo in there. I got his logo from the YouTube. There's a Trump smiling in the background. DM Productions. <laughs> Dude uh, came back for more in the Discord. Psychics predicting World War Three. Now that's that's good content. I just I I don't know. Fear porn sells. I don't know how anybody is Temple stupid and doesn't realize what he's doing, or is he smart and does realize what he's doing? He's just a stupid motherfucker that stumbled into the algorithm and it pushed him to have certain opinions and adopt certain a certain style. He believes his own shit. Am I gonna stream on ED? I I don't like all this talk about like oh World War Three and shit. The dude last night kept saying like oh the the president is is fear mongering and trying to take us into World War Three. It's like you seem to be the one that's fear mongering right now. <laughs> and and basically his evidence for that was like we looked up a a quote that Zelensky said that apparently the translator got wrong when she or he was translating them and they went back and 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 retranslated it i mean it's just always stupid shit like that that right wingers are all up in arms about and it's just it gets it gets exacerbating i don't always like dealing with i like doing my show over here where we're talking about you know Real shit. We learn shit. We look up words. We add to our vocabulary. We learn. We learn about the happenings in the world. 
We're not talking about drama. My God, I don't like drama. And apparently Twitch drama is where it's at. Like, if you want to you get big on Twitch, you, like, go and, like, pick a fight with other Twitch streamers. I mean, I've done that somewhat. Had to make friends and influence people. I just don't, I don't, I like being chill. I want to learn things. I wanna, I wanna come off of the stream being more educated and more aware of what is going on than when I started the stream. And I think most nights we do a pretty good job of that. Some nights we don't. I apparently like that's a that's a big thing in the the Twitch drama is is. Attracting a lot of eyeballs or some shit. I like we're our beef is our beef is with people spreading misinformation and shit. But the dude last night, I feel sorry for him. I feel sorry for him. He's just, and he's still he's over here in the in the Discord talking shit. Don't be so certain of yourself. Learn to feel embarrassment. I feel embarrassment. There is shit that I say on this stream. I misspeak. And then, like, I lay in bed at night. And, like, my God, I can't believe I said that stupid shit. Yeah, but the difference is I ain't making no fucking money. Well, except somebody tipped me $20 last night. Fucking thank you to whoever did that. Love you very much. And I never, I know, I don't want to be a, I don't want to be an influencer. I wasn't doing this on stream my dream job would be like on AM radio modest proposals are you a are you a Jonathan Swift fan is that the name of the author it was Swift alright I'm now 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 I'm I'm second guessing myself did I get the author the reason why you conservatives will lose a war you think you just stumbled into a conservative stream? Are you on crack? Cicero, thank you for making it rain. I was on crack. Right. Right. You on crack? <coughs> Wrong neighborhood. We should, sir, uh, this is a Wendy's. Around these parts, we believe that right-wingers are morons. I'm trying to wait around, see if we get a a J.D. Vance-Tim Ryan debate. I didn't plan anything for tonight. I didn't actually, I was just going to... We can serve pot around here. Who can serve pot around here? Who's taking offense? I believe you have completely misjudged the room. <laughs> oh, oh shit. Up yours, woke moralists. We'll see who cancels. The media winch making it rain. God, I love you guys. Came in hot. Came in hot. Yeah, we'll let, let's group hug. Can we group hug? Oh, the debate is up. Do we have the debate? Is it on their YouTube channel where I was just looking? Just refreshed it. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. 
but I am. I'm gonna make you guys. Uh, I'm gonna make you guys wait out a commercial break though, because I didn't take a tinkle and refill my drink during the last one. So when we come back, we're gonna do the Ohio Senate debate between uh, Democratic nominee Tim Ryan and Republican nominee J.D. Vance. This is an open seat. It could be a pickup for Democrats. A Republican currently holds it. It is very pivotal in the race to see who holds the Senate come November 8th. We will be covering this debate on the other side of the break. Patrol Patrol Live. Hi, I'm Justin Freakin. I'm a leftist broadcaster and comedian. Not liberal. Leftist. And despite what you may have heard from right-wing propaganda, George Soros isn't handing out Soros bucks and funding people like me. There are no Koch brothers, Mercers, or any number of right-wing think tanks funding content on the left side of the spectrum the way they fund people like Ben Shapiro, Dave Rubin, and Dennis Prager. And YouTube doesn't monetize videos that are controversial or deal with politics unless you're someone like Steven Crowder. So this is an ultimatum. Become a patron. Support my Patreon, or I'm going to become a right-winger and get some of that easy money. You know for a fact that I could be bigger than Charlie Kirk or Jesse Lee Peterson. Amazing! All I have to do is talk about how I used to be an SJW snowflake, but the left went too far with their cultural Marxism, and Republicans are stupid enough to buy it even though this video exists. And you know I'm right. So give me your money, or I'm selling you out. We live in turbulent times. The media is full of deception, conspiracy theories, and fake news. Now, more than ever, it is important to ensure you're getting information from a source that's freaking reliable. I'm Justin Mullins, and this is the Freakin' News. Get a breaking or interesting story with a humorous twist in about a minute, weekdays, 8 a.m. Eastern, on YouTube, BitChute, Odyssey, and more. 